If you enjoy Our Sinclair and want to support the show, please visit our page at patreon.com slash Our Sinclair. Welcome to Our Sinclair. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to be talking about Jetpack. That was a real sedate intro you did there. I'm trying to be more sedate. Why? Because 20, 20, 24 hours ago. <laughs> well, you'd think it would have kicked out by now. Stop no. playing that Animal Crossing stuff and you won't be so tired. How are you doing today, Bo? I'm doing pretty good. You know, I've been thinking about uh, being an astronaut. <laughs> really? It may be too late for me at this point. Well, they go through rigorous training, but generally they're an older set. Think about it. Just to go into space, you've got to be a high-ranking pilot, usually. Sometimes now, nowadays, you get your scientists. When they had the shuttle, you get some non-pilots up there. Mm-hmm. For the most part, you got to be, you got to get in there. I mean, the original astronauts were not in their in their teens. They were no. an older bunch. Sure. Um, were you captivated by? I know that you are. You sort of came around at a bad time. Well, no. I mean, <laughs> what? What are you talking about? <laughs> you were just—you were born a little bit too late for the uh, for the space, the real space race. You know. Listen, they were still having it when I was a kid. It's not like they just gave up. They, they kind of did. They kind of gave up around the time you were born. Well, they were still. We were doing other stuff. So there was nothing really. You for missed like, it too. No, I grew up in the perfect time because I grew up in the heyday of the space shuttle. Yeah, but I was still around. I was in school when the space shuttle no, was going up. But you were already in your twenties when that I was, was going not. Down. Like when you were a kid, when you're five, six, eight years old and you're watching the space shuttle, you're fired up. Let me tell you something. No one was into space more than me. Really? Nobody. Yeah. Because they just went to the freaking moon, man. I was five years old and people still were like, man, remember a couple years ago, moon. Well, okay. Tell me about your peak spacedom. Listen, I used to go, I had this tree in my front yard. Me and my buddy would go get these uh, picnic You're talking about hose? No, this was my next door neighbor. Mm. We'd get these picnic benches. There was a branch that hung down, and we'd set them up so they were diagonal. And then we'd get up on these things and pretend like we were in, like, the capsule. Oh, know? I like that yeah, idea. Yeah, and, and we would blast off. And then eventually, my dad had an old junk car. We would mm-hmm. get in that. That would be our spaceship, mm. the junk car. And it was awesome. Now, the problem is he'd slide down those benches after a while, so <laughs> it wasn't the best. But still, it was... We always, I wanted to be an astronaut. I love space. I always, I saw every sh- shuttle launch all the way from when they were testing it, piggybacking it on the plane for the landings, all that mm-hmm. stuff. I watched all that stuff. I was loving it because I was like, man, when are we going to land this sucker on the moon? Let's get up there. Right. Well, we're still waiting. We're still waiting. Did you, uh, my big thing was Skylab. The, the, that was the, your big thing? Yeah. The, I, I always like, you know, I've always been more of a DS9 guy oh, than, a, than, than a next gen. And even in my youth, before I even knew what those words meant, I always thought the idea of having a permanent thing that was in orbit was more exciting than just like going up and coming back down. First of all, the name of the place is Babylon 5. That was the good show. That's the one with the pizza cutter weapons, right? No. And what? The, the, the bad rendering. P- I'm going to... Could be a killing here on the on the Sinclair show. <laughs> Anywho, uh, I, I, Skylab was interesting, but most of what you heard about Skylab was number one how much it cost. Yeah, that's true. It was very expensive. And the problems they had up there, which were plentiful, and Many. the fact that it was going to come down in some weird place to kill a bunch of people. Yeah, which it didn't happen. <laughs> if, nope. I believe it fell down in Australia, didn't it? Like the yeah. outback or yeah. something. Yeah, I mean nobody lives in Australia. Well, they've got a big empty zone in right. like a donut. They call it the empty there. zone. You know, we need to get Hucker on that. Get up in there and. Do something with it. Yeah. So when yeah. we played this week, this week's game, it brought me back 
to those lovely memories of my childhood when I used to pretend that I was an astronaut with a laser gun, blowing up stuff and building the ship. You know what scared me? What's you ready for this? Superman 2. Hmm. That was the one with the uh, where he goes to the moon. He takes all the nuclear weapons in a net no, and no, throws wrong, them into the wrong, sun. Wrong, wrong, wrong. This was the one with Zod mm. and the three bad guys from Krypton that escaped the forbidden the, the Phantom Zone. Richard Pryor, right? No, that's the third one. And so what happened at the beginning of this one, you've got some guys landing on the moon. They're moonwalking. Really? Right? All of a sudden, here comes Zod and his cronies. And they beat the crap out of those astronauts and throw them out in the space, and they're doomed. They're probably still floating. I don't know if I've ever seen that. That blew my too. mind. Yeah, that scared the that crap out of me. I was like, "Holy crap!" Yeah, because you never see astronauts get smacked around. There's no guns in space. There were. They didn't need guns. They were super people. They beat the tar out of those guys. Do they have suits? Or could they? They did have like them. Yeah, but air. they hosed them. Hmm. Not the good boy. You mean the bad guys? Yeah. Oh no, they could breathe space. Okay. Air. Yeah. This was. They didn't care that much about that. Despite the fact that Superman. In the comics, he has to breathe. But in the in the movies, flying out in space, Doesn't having matter. a good old time, that no one cares. Whatever he wants. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite space franchise? Babylon 5. Babylon 5. Absolutely. Better than any film. And start the original Star Trek. Those mm-hmm. are my two. And Firefly. Those are, hey, listen, I'm... Those are the gener- that's the generic geekest answers you can get. The original Star Wars, or Star Trek... Actually, I like the original Star Wars, but in terms of TV, the original Star Trek... Babylon 5, and Firefly. Mm. Those are all gold. What do you gold. think about Farscape? Um, I didn't get into it. I know people that loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's okay. I did see some. That's the one with the Muppets, right? That's right. Yeah. I'd like to start that one again. We start, you know, we both have been sort of into Jim Henson as yeah, of late. Right, yeah. And uh, I'd like to see see. See, I, I didn't like the Muppets in that. I didn't do it. Were right. they not very? I've never, the, I've never seen it. Did you ever so. see the Dark Crystal? I hated that. That was but, the but, worst. Why did you not like it? Because you were used to Muppets, like, bam, 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 yeah. for Fraggles right. and stuff. Yeah. And here these Muppets are killing suckers. They're freaky looking, right? Mm-hmm. They blew your mind and yeah. made you upset. They did. Okay. I didn't that like was it. Farscape. That was mm-hmm. the same thing. Okay. I won't watch it. Yeah. But what I will watch is this week's game, Aaron, Jetpack. Let's talk about it. Yeah, man. Jetpack. Now... You know, we know very little about the specy here. We're two dumb Americans, but this one we knew. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know why we know about this because of rep, right? I guess yeah. reason, because I knew I'd played this one. So, uh, Jetpack uh, released in May. I got the month on this one. May of '83. Okay. Bro. Can you believe that? That's way back. I was two years old. I was not even two. I was a young, young little scamp, scallywag myself. I was like, let me see here. You were 12. That's young. That's you were, young. Then you'd, you'd almost outgrown your space fantasies oh, by gosh. then. No, I was still all up in it. Uh, so this game was published by Ultimate Play the Game. Ultimate Play the Game. What, that's a, I, I know they're famous. That's a goofy title for a company. It is. I, you know, it's almost like a sentence. But it's not even a sentence either because there's no... I don't know. It is weird. It's not surprising they changed their name to Rare. And these guys, uh, the people behind this were Tim and Chris Stamper. Now, we've actually, uh, we've ran headlong to these Stamper boys already. You know, this was the golden era of the brother computing duos. You yeah, had the Oliver Twins. Yeah, yeah. You had the Stamper Bros. I wonder if the, wonder if the Oliver Twins and the Stampers ever got together and they had like a war. Oh. Like I a be, tag team I bet they. I bet they got together and drove each other's Lamborghinis. Well, they might have. Maybe they raced. Yeah. So uh, the Stamper fellows, amongst the games they were responsible for, include uh, Gun Fright. That's a great <laughs> oh, name. I like that. I wrote that one down specifically That's pretty for good, you, yeah. <laughs> Night Lore, 
of course, the sequel to Jetman or Jetpack, uh, Nightshade, Pentagram, of course, Saberwolf, mm -hmm. Trans Am, Underworld, Underworld, and Underworld spelled cool guy style yeah. with U's and E's. Oh yeah, there's probably everywhere. an out in there somewhere too. If I was a young programmer, everything would be spelled cool guy style, mm -hmm. including my name. I put some E's and U's and schwa. You can put, there. you know, the A with a little circle on That's top right. of it. Oh That's yeah, right. That's right. I like that boat. Now this thing ran on the 16K. 16K spectrum. That is that is uh That's early not that days. much K. Yeah. That's what we're saying here. Uh the original price for this bad boy five pound fifty. That's for the tape. Wow. Now you could get the disc version of this bad boy fifteen pound for that. Yeah. I wouldn't spring for the disc version. Stick and with the tape. When this dropped out to the budget, you'd get this thing for two pounds. Not mm. too bad, eh? No. Um so this came out on the Speccy and the VIC-20, and eventually they got around to releasing this thing for the BBC Micro. Hmm. The VIC-20 got this. Did you know that? No. I'd like to have a I can't imagine how that would look very good. The VIC-20 was... I don't know. Maybe I'm selling the VIC-20 short. Maybe it, maybe it looks awesome. All the games that I've seen for the VIC-20 have not impressed. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the guys that made this... Uh, uh, were of course were pretty well known I guess by the time this came out and so I, I don't know how much and maybe some of the people in the chat can tell us how if there was any anticipation or if anybody could even possibly know you know I, I've always thought that this was one of Ultimate's earlier releases because again this was for the 16k it's amazing that this game came out that early for that little okay so let's talk about the game itself so you are Jetpack Man I don't know if he's got a name and uh, Jetpack Man, and you and you are responsible for certain duties on these alien worlds. Okay? Priestly duties. Your first duty is to repair your ship, which is mauled yeah. or a ship. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the pieces of the ship are uh, strewn hither and yar, and you've got to go grab them. And when you take them to a certain, this game, in a lot of ways, reminds me of a sort of a. Uh, a jetpack version of Blueprint, if you've ever played that game. Sure, yeah. You kind of get the pieces over the certain spot, and they just sort of float down into place. Mm -hmm. um, I like Blueprint, by I the way. I do, too. Yeah. And no one talks about Blueprint. It's a great game. It's a fun game. So, <coughs> uh, this has you as the jetpack guy, and he just floats around, sort of like the guy from Hero. He floats around. Of course, this predates Hero. And uh, he picks up these parts of the ship. Now... It's not that easy. There's crap. Right. There's, there's we should also explain a little bit more about. I'm sure. Go ahead. One hundred percent of the people listening to the show right now know what we're talking about. But on the yeah. off chance that you've never played Jetpack, okay, this is a single screen game. Mm. There is no scrolling yes. in this game. I should mention. That. Um, you uh, there are three platforms uh, that things can land on and that you can land on, and you're flying around trying to avoid enemies while uh, score uh, boosts in the form of gems drop as seemingly random at random and yep. also parts of your ship drop down at random. Yeah. And now, once you've assembled your ship, and this again, the parts will come out, you, you, you go put them, you basically drag them to a certain part of the screen and they, they appear. Uh, they kind of float down. Then your ship is, is put together. Then you've got to go out and get fuel to get your ship ready to launch. Mm -hmm. Uh, again, the same basic thing. You go around, little blocks of fuel, straight out like Super Cobra, uh, appear. You go over them. And once you go over these pieces of the ship or these items, they attach themselves to your guy. Right. And then he just drops them where they need to go. Mm -hmm. And once you've got enough fuel in your constructed ship, uh, in a glorious moment, your ship shoots off into space and comes back down 
and another, presumably another world. <laughs> Although right. it looks completely identical to the one that you just and, left. And and when it la- and then you land and you have to refill the fuel. And then basically that is stage one. Mm-hmm. You refuel that constructed ship several times, and then you'll move on to stage two when you'll there'll be a different spaceship a that's taken apart that yeah. you've got to build. Uh, and each stage is punctuated is, is is differentiated by the fact that the enemies that pursue you or that sort of float around. I don't know if they really pursue you. Are different shapes. So in some they're circles, and in some they're kind of cross shapes, and some they look like little jet fighters. So that kind of uh, breaks up the monotony a little bit too. Right now, it, it, you your ships basically you go through a ship every four levels. Okay, so that means on that on, after four levels you'll go to a new ship, and there are different ships. Mm-hmm. Like the first ship looks sort of like a, a Apollo or mm-hmm. something, and then you've got a space shuttle in there, and you've got a couple of different. There's like a more modern looking ship in there. It's pretty cool, but I mean the gameplay basically they, the gameplay almost don't change. In some ways, it's a uh, you don't want to say it's a simple. It's not a simple game. I mean, for the if you think of what was going on in ninety and eighty three, uh, this game would have been at home in any arcade. Absolutely. Really, uh, this is right exactly what you would expect. And the uh, the game there are. It's funny. I was thinking about when I mentioned Hero is one of the. It's reminded me of the way you, Hero floats around in mm-hmm. that game. This game is so old that the, these are its contemporaries. I mean, so really, when you to think that maybe it's ripping stuff off, it, it's other things may have ripped this off. Maybe yeah. it's that old. Uh, I mean, you've got there are some elements that remind me of the platforms and some of the gameplay elements remind me of Joust in some ways. Some of them remind me of Lunar Lander and the way you have to kind of control the way your guy comes up and down. Uh, the uh, the uh, the lasers in it look like they're from Defender, mm-hmm. sort of. You know how they're kind of as long. Yeah, I really like the way that the lasers look in this game. They could have made your typically kind of pew pew little bullets. This this game, when you shoot out, it feels like you've got some power behind you, and it's not rapid fire, but it's not just like one or two shots at a time either. It's a pretty good mix of, of the two. Yeah. Now the aliens do change between different levels. Uh, they're these are your classic like old school. Targets basically, mm-hmm. you you know they they there's some of them look kind of star shaped, some of them look kind of blobby. They're just and they they come out in their little patterns. But again, you, you know they they could have easily made this game and have all the enemies look the same all the time, and they they chose to mix it up. Yeah, um, the game is obviously super popular and super famous. Uh, I'm trying to say I wish I remember while we played it. It supports it supports a two player hot seat. Uh, it uh, it's uh, I mean, there's really not a whole lot else to it. That's the game. You mm-hmm. just do that over and over. It's fun. It's a fun, simple game. It's very, like I said, it reminds me of those early arcade games. I mean, uh, the, the, this game. Yeah, I think I think saying that by by '83, I think that this game probably would not have held up for what was going on in the arcades. '83 is pretty late in the arcade world. Uh, maybe '81. Would, would be you don't more, think this would have? You could have put this out in an arcade. Super Mario Brothers came out in Japan in 1983. I think games like I remember a game called Astro Blaster, for example, mm-hmm. that was in the arcade. But uh, that I mean, this I think that that was before '83, though. It wasn't that much, but I mean, you're we're mincing around a little bit. I think. Well, that, I mean, you got to realize that in the '80s, every year was like a million years in well, terms of the technology. I mean, you, you know, I'd say so. so I, I would not be terribly surprised if you had seen this in an arcade. I, the graphics look good now. Um, let's talk about what we don't like about okay. it. Go ahead, Boat. Um, the biggest problem I have with this game is that they really, in my opinion, <coughs> they should have made it where you build a new spaceship every round. Uh, I don't like the fact that you have to wait around 
to get to stage. I don't even know what stage you get to an, a new a new ship in. I know that I played at least five or six stages and I never saw the new ship. I wish that they would have. Oh, I did. Yeah. I wish that they would have made every stage you're building the ship and then fueling the ship and it's a different ship every stage and then cycle through them that way. You know, so you're going one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Um, the Another big problem with this game is that the location of the platforms on the stage never move. Uh, this is another problem with uh, the classic arcade game Joust, where I think that that game could have been a lot more interesting if they would have made the position of the platforms different. If not in every stage, at least in every couple stages, just, just changing it up a little bit. Um, the platforms do dis disintegrate in that, though. They do go away. In, you lose in, in, in Joust. In Joust. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I would have liked to have seen some kind of variation in this game. Um, it, the last thing, and, and you know, we're, again, this is 16K. So yeah. what, what can you do it, at some point? I almost point? feel bad nitpicking Right, stuff. right. Yeah. But, you know, in a perfect world, this game would be great if you could have two-player simultaneous action, high-score challenge what, type What thing. I would like to have is two people working on two separate rockets. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And, um, and so, you know, obviously with 16K, I think that they push this just about as far as they can. I don't know how many improvements they could make and still keep it within that, that amount of storage. Um, I'm going to agree with some of what you said. I, I, the, of course, the sound, there's, there's, a, there's a sound effect. I think it's when the rockets take it off. It's, it's, it's cringeworthy. It's, it's, See, I, that's another, you know, <laughs> I didn't mention this before. That, I believe that this game utilizes the Spectrum sound better than any other game that we've heard. Because it doesn't oh, attempt. I don't agree with that. It it does, does, the gun sounds like garbage. I hate it. I disagree. Yeah, it's, I don't like, it sounds wimpy. I disagree. I think, you know, this game doesn't try to play music. It's not like Manic Miner, which is just a travesty with the Hall of the Mountain King. Uh, well, you know, it did have music that no one even had. Yeah, wants music that you want to turn off immediately. This game <laughs> knows that the that music is out of the question. Well, and you know, I think that the, I really like the sounds. You know, it's a different kind of laser sound than you're used to. That's true. Um, and and you know, I think that the the rocket sound gets a lot of flack. I think it's fine. I think it's good. I and think besides, it's, you it's only grating. Yeah, well, <laughs> anyway, I think the sound is okay. We're going to disagree on that. Yeah, I. Uh, um, FYI, I think the Mountain King song there that was purposely that fits that game purposely. That game is is a that game is a game that tries to hurt your soul. That's true, and that's what that's, that's true. there for. So, um, I agree with some of what you said. Traditionally, in an arcade environment, you would just go through a different ship every level, um, and I think in a home environment, it was done that way to prolong gameplay surprise when you get to those later, you know. Because you know you don't yeah. you never know what's going to happen. And this game end. is, I mean, you know, it's a challenging game, but it's not insurmountable. Um, even though I never managed to see the next ship. Oh, I did. You know, I, I got to the I got to the state. Now I never got to the third okay. one. Okay, I'm sure that it, given given more practice, I could get there. I never felt like I was dying. I will say, I started. I, you know, I've always play these games on the keyboard. Gosh, I can't I know. Well, this one I did. I played on the keyboard for about a, a, a ten minutes, and then I got the old stick out. Yeah. I'm like, all right, we're gonna yeah. play this on the stick. The control on this is uh, much like games of its of this ilk. Uh, uh, it's you have to get used to it. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to get used to uh, you know how to s smoothly move around right. and but keep your and maintain your height. That's true. But once you are used to it, I think that it's consistent. Yeah, I don't think it's unfair. Uh, I just think uh, I just think that it's it's something that takes some uh, you know play to get get the rhythm of. Yeah. Um, 
I uh, I like you know the 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 last ship in this I should mention looks a lot like a white star for Babylon Five, which I, it's since this predates Babylon Five by a decade or more. I think that's it. But it looks dead on like a white star. Maybe that's where they Babylon Five wasn't Maybe that a British show? It. No, oh. um, but. Uh, I like this game. I think it's fun, and I think it's for a high score rush. I think it's great. Something to me and the Chud could sit down and play. Oh yeah, and we probably do real well. We at. may fire this up at the next. Yeah, it wouldn't be the meeting. worst idea to play this. Um, there's nothing I don't like about it. Aside from the, you know stuff that I mean nitpicking the sounds of it's just being a jerk. Yeah, some game like this because. I mean, is there enough content? There's, I mean, sure, there could be more content and extra players. But on the flip side, it's a 16K game from 83 that has multiple stages. Right. Fact, I mean, so that right there, I, and, and plus cutscenes. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give this sucker a pass. You know, I was reading uh, before we came on the air about the way the Stanford brothers worked. Of course, these guys, like you said, they went on to become part of the, the whole cutting went on to be part of Rare, basically. And this game, I believe, uh, has appeared in some capacity in some of the Rare games. Oh, like yeah. Well, this way. is, uh, you know, the, um, for the, I think we mentioned this in the past, but the, the uh, Rare Replay compilation for the Xbox One contains this game. Yeah, and of course, I think we mentioned also that Goldeneye actually has a Z, uh, Spectrum emulator yeah. in the game. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of neat. But they, I was reading about how these guys worked, and we may have touched on this once before, but they, they stay, the, they would, the way they produced these games was to where they'd separate each other and they'd work on this stuff individually. And mm-hmm. then they would, I guess they'd get together and see what the other guy did or whatever. But one thing it said specifically about this game was that they, uh, the, the Stampers were closely watching the emerging Japanese video game market, and they'd been... Uh, they'd started practicing developing their games for the Famicom. Wow! So that's I thought that was that interesting. Is, I don't, yeah. And I don't know if they I don't know if they ever produced anything for the Famicom. Do you? Uh, yeah, they did. Uh, there is a there is a rare um, title for. I want to say. Um, oh, jeez. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But there was something. You there was remember. something. Yeah. We'll get it next week. So this game, according and this is uh, I saw this on Wiki, and I tried to find to collaborate. Co- co- help me out here corroborate the evidence I tried to look around I couldn't find anyone else that mentioned it so it's wiki you can take do your own math they say the game sold 300,000 units for the spec and generated a million pounds in revenue for ultimate play of the game that's huge that's crazy amount yeah. of money um, the uh, the fact that you can generate I, I don't know how many units were in circulation back in those days I mean uh, uh, in 83 how many specters could have been homes well, you know, sixteen. Uh, I I think that the sixteen K came out in eighty two. I want to say, and so um, I don't know. This game spawned a couple sequels, which I maybe will get. I didn't look at these on purpose because I knew we'd probably end up you know it probably out. generated a million sales over the life of the. It yeah. wasn't like a million on day one. No, no. Uh, the sequels are called Lunar Jetman mm-hmm. from eighty three and Solar Jetman Hunt. For the Golden Warship in '90, I've got stuff to say about both of those. I, well, I didn't play them because I didn't want to spoil myself. It says here that the second one wasn't released for the Spectrum because the first one didn't do well on the NES. Did you know that? Well, Maybe that's the one you were thinking of, eh? Well, there, there's, there's tons of rare games for the for the NES, but uh, but the Lunar Jetman I played. Actually, I played a little bit of it on the stream. Uh, it's incredibly difficult. Oh yeah, incredibly difficult. I couldn't get anywhere on it. I kept dying over and over and over again. Solar Jetman, I played a ton of. Okay, this is one of these games. You know how it is when you were growing up. 
maybe you know I don't know if you know how it is I can't remember how it was too but, long ago you know I would get maybe one or two games a year you know oh yeah yeah mom and dad would take me to the Kmart yeah I do know how that was yeah. and you'd look at the you'd look at the cover and you'd make your choice based on the cover you know and yeah oh this will this looks cool and I thought man solar jet man I like both those words I yeah bet that's a cool game yeah yeah so I got it yeah it's hard. It's Is so it? hard. Now, it's a totally different game. In this game, you're a little ship, and you've got this huge open world. Think about Turrican. Okay. okay? Think about the world of Turrican, but you're driving this little ship around, and it's instant death if you hit anything. That sounds okay? hard. And you've got to pick up stuff with a tractor beam, okay? And when you pick up stuff with a tractor beam, the physics of that object affect your ship. So it's like dangling like a pendulum below your ship. So what you have to do is you have to fly up to get this thing to swing around so you have enough momentum to fly up and return to your ship and drop it off at the mothership. Oh, God. That sounds difficult. It's thing. crazy difficult. Um, I don't know. We had a YouTube commenter saying that was really rare. Uh, I don't think it was that rare in the United States. It might have been rare overseas. I actually loaned that game to Jamie Lilly. And never got it back. We, we, we made <laughs> so, to send a couple guys over to yeah. him. So get this boat. Here I was just reading here. Uh, they made an, an their enhanced remake of Jetpack called Jetpack Refueled and released an Xbox Live Arcade March 2007. Oh, okay. So that's kind of neat. And uh, we were right. Uh, Jetman did appear in a few other in, uh, rare games, including he was in... Uh, uh, Donkey Kong 64. You could unlock the game. Interesting. So that's kind of neat. So, I remember hearing you and Brent talk about on your GoldenEye episode that uh, that there was a, a Spectrum emulator in uh, in GoldenEye. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's talk reviews here, Boat. As you can imagine, this re this thing reviewed pretty well. Uh, the people at World of Spectrum uh, gave the, give this game an 8.44. Mm. Very high. Uh, CBG gave it a 9 out of 10. Uh, BBC gave it a 9 out of 10. Crash Gave it a uh, highly recommended, whatever that means. Eurogamer, 9 out of 10. Home Computing Weekly. I'd like to get a couple episodes, issues of that, I should say. 4 out of 5. Uh, the year it was released, or the year it came out, it ended up winning Game of the Year at the Golden Joystick Awards. Our I love favorite. to have one of those yeah. on the mantle. Uh, I wonder if that's like an Arky. <laughs> it, it may be. Uh, so, um, it is. It is. it was voted the number one... I see the game was number one uh, on the very first Spectrum sales chart published in CVG. That's okay. sort of an honor. Yeah, uh, it was the Spectrum version was voted seventy third uh, on the list of your in, your Sinclair's top one hundred games of all time. That's pretty low, isn't it? Seventy third. I would put it much much higher than I'm that. I'm kind of surprised by that. And in nineteen ninety three, was voted the fourteenth best game of all time by the readers of Retro Gamer. They got it right. Uh, so uh, a pretty heralded game. Also, I read that this had been released on cartridge. Really? Yeah, or it's like a For ROM release. I thought you got me on that. Okay. I'm gonna tell you on that one. And then uh, I did look this up on eBay, uh, and you're getting the tapes six to twenty bucks. Okay. But they're out there. Yeah. So. Yeah. The Ultimate games are always among the most expensive Spectrum games to acquire. Uh, they have really great art, and so I'm, I'm not surprised that they're fetching higher prices than most. Did we get any listener reviews on this one, Bo? Uh, we did. Uh, let me pull those up real quick. Uh, we got a review from Pixels at Dawn, and he said, This is a very solid arcade game marred by a steep difficulty curve after level one. While the build your ship mechanic is fun, shouldn't have made that bigger, uh, and probably the best part of the game, you are limited to seeing that only once, only few levels, or once if you have my skill. That's just like me. <laughs> uh, also, the rocket sound is sent from the depths of hell. Bam. 
<laughs> I agree. Good, but there are better arcade games from Ultimate. 6.5 out of 10. Graham Vebke says, a simple concept arcade platform game which offers plenty of challenges, especially after the second level. But once you master it, like my Italian workmate, Valerio, it's an amazing game to watch. I wish I had an Italian workmate named Valerio that was awesome at Jetpack. Me too. It's like the opposite of all of my workmates. Yeah. Um, it's an amazing game to watch, but I have a lot of work. I have a lot of have a lot of work to get past level three still. Eight out of ten. My workmates haven't even heard of Jetpack. No. That's How much Spectrum do you think uh, your workmates play? He on saw a Spectrum basis? when I fixed yours. That's <laughs> it. Um, Chris Folds says. For the first time, this is a this is sixteen or for the time, this is sixteen k <laughs> of pure genius. Reading's hard. It is hard. What do you do for a living again? I read. <laughs> um, so a cracking shooter with plenty of challenge and that perfectly captures the era. Eight point five out of ten. We got a lot of reviews this week. Yeah. And finally, actually, we got two more. Uh, Eric Nelson, friend of the show says, when I imported my ZX Spectrum Plus 2, Jetpack was in the first handful of games I played and I was hooked. A simple arcade-style game where few instructions are needed. A fantastic pick-up-and-play game when you have a spare 10 minutes. 8.5 out of 10. I don't know how Eric Nelson has a spare 10 minutes. He's got... He's imported every system ever made by man. Well, he's just constantly surrounded. He's on BBS, like, is on one. He's, he's got the he's got the spectrum. All of a sudden, he's like, uh, "Oh man, I, we've got him, him and Cody. We've got twin MSXs now." <laughs> it's like, "Are you kidding me? Twin. Can I can I can I get some money off the tree in front of your house, Mr. Nelson?" And finally, Mr. Rocket says, "I'm not a massive Ultimate fan, but Jetpack was a work of genius." So simple, but so well-balanced. Difficult, but not too difficult. I even think the simple but effective sound effects are surprisingly good for the time. They need to see what the next spaceship will, the need to see what the next spaceship will look like adds to the one more go of the game too. A surefire classic for me. Mr. Rocket was very passionate. He was very passionate. He's a passionate yeah, man. Yeah, I could see that as you read that, you, you sort of honed in on his passion and brought it out. Uh, so if you have something to say about the games that we play every week, uh, every member of our Discord community is entitled to leave a review. Entitled. We demand it, <laughs> in fact. <laughs> so, And if you like the show and you want to support us, like I said, that's just another, uh, another uh, perk. You get to be part of our simply the best uh, community for simply retro gaming the best. online, the Amigos Retro Gaming Discord community. Uh, we hope to, that you will you will join us if you are so inclined. Um, Indeed, I want to thank our supporters, uh, Aaron, mm -hmm. our uh, our Spectrum supporters, Mr. Laurent Giroux, Gary Heather, Eric Nelson, Harbo Knot, Graham Vebke, Frodo NL, Tapes from the Crypt. Pixels at Dawn, Chris Folds, Paul Harrington, and Christopher Hassel. Thank you guys so much for being Spectrum supporters. Quality gentlemen. Absolutely. And I also want to thank the folks hanging out and chat with us this evening. Also quality. Donald Tyler, Picard2005, Duncan Styles, Pixels at Dawn, Necronom, Barkbit. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us and uh, and enjoying the show. Late night. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. We record our Sinclair usually around 6.30 or 7 o'clock um, on Friday evenings, Eastern Time, here in West Virginia. So uh, you're always welcome <laughs> to join us. It certainly is funny. <laughs> Let's record. 
We're here in West Virginia, we record the UK centric show at local time midnight for all you people in the <laughs> for UK. For the benefit of all of our listeners. <laughs> but anyway, guys, thanks as always for listening. We really appreciate it. If you want to drop us a line, uh, feedback at irisinclair.com. We'd love to hear from you. Um, and uh, actually, we did hear from one person on YouTube that I wanted to read the comment. Steve16384 commented. He said, he created an online turn-based multiplayer version of Chaos a few oh years my. ago, but unfortunately hardly anyone played it. Steve, if you hear this right now, send me a link at feedback at rsinclair.com with that, and I guarantee you that Aaron and I and, and our Discord community and will Luke. go to town, and Luke, will all have fun with it, with your version of Chaos. Yeah, We'd man. Love to see hey, that. good job, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. You deserve some credit for that. All right, next week, Aaron, we are gonna play a game so epic. So incredible. I can't even believe it. Uh-huh. It's got to be epic and incredible to be that astounding. This is a sports game called Grand National. Oh, it's, it's got to be horse racing, yeah? I hope so. Outstate. Now, see, we I don't think we've ever covered a horse racing We've done game. a lot of podcasts. We've been doing podcasts for about five years together. We have not yet done a horse racing Man, game. Man, I'm so excited. The time has come. The time has come. Finally. This is going to be a, a don't miss episode, folks. We hope you can join us next Friday yes. for our Sinclair. Until then, rewind tape and press play.